the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Tuesday, March the 24th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on March 24, 1989, Super Tanker, Exxon Valdez, remember remember that name? Ran into a reef in Alaska's Prince William Sound, began leaking an estimated 11 million gallons of crude oil. The alarmists were saying, and it was a horrible incident. I mean, it was horrible for the company that had the ship. They didn't want that to happen. It was, it was, it was horrible for the environment. It was horrible for the people that live in Prince William Sound and on and on. But the alarmists immediately came out and they said, see, this Prince William Sound, all of the live you know, animals, the fish and everything will leave. It'll never return to its natural state. But ironically, God's nature, God's order of created things is more resilient than leftists, secularists like to believe. It has returned. It is like it was before. The fish are abundant. The wildlife are abundant. And things have continued. I don't mean that we shouldn't be responsible. I'm simply saying we underestimate God so often. Today in 1765, Britain enacted the Quartering Act that required American colonists to to, uh, provide temporary housing to British soldiers. And today in 1882, German scientist Robert, Robert Koch, he announced in Berlin that he had discovered the bacteria or the bacillus that's responsible for tuberculosis. Today in 1958, for all you teenage people who are teenagers in the 50s. Elvis Presley. Boy, I can't tell you how many sermons I heard as a kid about Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley was inducted into the U.S. Army at the draft board in Memphis. He went to Fort Chaffee in Arkansas, and he ended up in Germany. Today, in 1975, Muhammad Ali, a boxer, for those of you who don't follow or know about boxing, Muhammad Ali defeated Chuck Webner with a technical knockout in the 15th round of a fight in Richfield, Ohio. The reason I mention that is because Webner is the guy who inspired the Sylvester Stallone movies called Rocky. I think many of us have seen those. There's a number of them. Well, anyway, Webner's the guy that was the inspiration to Stallone to create those Rocky films. Today, in 1976, the president of Argentina, Isabel Perón, was deposed by the country's military. Today, in 1980, one of El Salvador's most respected Roman Catholic church leaders, an archbishop, he was shot to death by a sniper as he celebrated Mass in San Salvador. 20 years ago today, in 1990, uh, after 20 years, today in 1995, after 20 years, British soldiers stopped routine patrols in Belfast, Northern Ireland. And today in 1998, two students, ages 13 and 11, 
opened fire outside the Jonesboro Middle uh, West Side Middle School in Arkansas. They killed four classmates and a teacher. And one year ago today, Attorney General William Barr made every liberal and the Christian religious, so-called religious left, very upset. He came out and he reported, he's the Attorney General, William Barr, he reported one year ago today that Special Counsel Robert Mueller did not find evidence that President Donald Trump's campaign conspired or coordinated with Russia to influence the 2016 presidential election. That was a real difficult pill to swallow, as we say, for the left. They wanted that to be true, but it wasn't true. They had made it true. They had talked about it. On The media had pumped that up for months on end, as we well know. In the mind of the uninformed person, this Donald Trump person who had been elected somehow, strangely elected, to be president of the United States, was somehow colluding with Russia, and they had, they had affected, they had manipulated the election. When in fact, it was the left who was trying to overthrow or manipulate the election of Donald Trump as president of the United States. Overthrow 60-some million votes. We live in a world that's very conflicted. We live in a world that it, where truth is challenged, truth is hidden, truth is, truth is often revised. There are even terms that have emerged in the recent years for revised truth, fluidity, evolving. All these kinds of words speak to the idea that there's nothing absolute. Nothing stays the same. And a quick glance around our world would confirm that. Nothing stays the, stays the same. This coronavirus has absolutely shut down the world. Nobody saw this coming. I mean, not even China, I would think. Nobody knew this was going to happen. I mean, there's all kinds of stories and, you know, sub-stories and things around what really happened in China. I have questions myself, to be honest with you, but, but we live in a world where things do change and things are changing. And sometimes you can just almost feel like you're caught up in the in the tides as they come in and out and you're tossed around like a ship without a sail in the winds. And yet, for the believer in Jesus Christ, no matter what happens on this day, March 24th, Tuesday, there is a truth, there is the truth that does not, will not, has not changed. And the closer we get to that truth, the more peace, the more security, the more sense of normalcy that we can experience in our lives. That's not to deny what's going on in our world, and that's what we try to do on this program. We, we try to talk about the things that are happening today. That's why we do it live. But at the same time, Man, I don't want people to be overwhelmed by the truth of what's going on in our culture. We've got to be informed. But we've got to be informed through the lens of God's Word. 
I can't tell you how many notes I get from people who say, Gary, I've pretty much stopped listening to the secular news. I can't take it. I don't believe a lot of what I hear because I know it isn't true. We're listening to your program. We're reading the Bible. I hear that again and again or see it on notes from people again and again. And I think I understand because sometimes you've got to push some of that stuff away. You can read the Wall Street Journal. We can read the local newspaper in our town, wherever we leave. We live, we can read the Bible, but somehow it can all kind of run together if we're if we're just reading a lot of stuff and not really informed. And unfortunately, there's many people in our world today, and that's exactly where they are. They know a lot of things. They're ever learning, but never coming to the understanding of the truth. And that's a part of the problem that we see in our culture today. There is a spirit of rebellion in our culture today. I was just glancing over some headlines today, world headlines and U.S. headlines and local headlines. There was a man arrested overnight for licking the handrails, the ticket machines, and other places that people touch, licking them in Munich, Germany, because he is positive with the coronavirus and he wanted to give it to others. The police caught him. They arrested him. They tested him. And yeah, he was. He was positive. So he was out there trying to give that to as many people as possible. He was licking on the handrails in a subway. Boy, that's not what you want to hear the first thing in the morning while you're drinking your cup of coffee, but it, it happens in our world. There was a man that was sentenced to some jail time for spitting on a police officer. He, too, claims that he had has coronavirus. They're testing him. They'll find out. It's just amazing. There's stories in the press today, world press, an Italian priest. He died from the coronavirus because he gave up his ventilator to another patient. Smirnoff vodka. I don't drink alcohol, but I'm aware of it. Smirnoff is pretty well known around the world. They said they're going to donate pure alcohol for 8 million bottles of hand sanitizer. And in South Korea, the government's trying to clamp down on gathering together, as our own state governments are doing here and the federal and so on. But in South Korea, some of the Christians said, I'm not advocating this. I, I've been in the past very connected to South Korea, preached in a number of those churches, and the two largest churches in the world are in South Korea, Christian churches. I preached in both of them. They're, they're amazing. I mean, like hundreds of thousands of members. One's in Seoul, one's in Pusan. It's a central church in Seoul on Yoido Island and the Presbyterian Church in Pusan. And it's, it's been my honor, and I'm humbled, but I have been invited there as a guest to speak a number of times in the one in Seoul and a couple of times in, in Pusan. And I know how faithful those people are, the Christians. There, there are a lot of Christians in South, in South uh, Korea. But I see in the headlines out of Asia today that one, one headline says, The Church Faithful Scuttle with Police Over the Quarantine. And some of the Christians are saying, we will gather. I'm not advocating that. I'm simply saying it's happening. 
But in that, the people are taking a stand. They said, we will come together because the Bible tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And they are taking that stand, rightly or wrongly. I mean, it's right that the Bible says that. But whether that this is an appropriate action on the part of the church, I'm not sure. But nonetheless, it's in some of the world headlines. It's that big a deal in the country. So we live in a country that's pushing and pulling and going in a lot of directions at the same time. And sometimes we, we just simply... We just simply feel pulled and stressed and overwhelmed by it all. But I want to tell you there is an anchor. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. James wrote, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. The world is searching for reality, for truth. Those of us who know Jesus Christ, we know the truth. And that truth sets us free from the power of fear, from the power of oppression. Oh, not that it doesn't visit us, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The world's been looking for Joe Biden, of all people. It looks like he's going to be the uh, he's going to be the guy for the Democratic Party to run against President Trump. They the Democrats feel that Joe Biden is their best shot at knocking Donald Trump out of the presidency, out of the Oval Office in this coming 2020 election. In and of itself, that's an interesting thought. You can think about that as you drink your coffee, and I'll move along here, but it's very interesting. Is he really, I, I mean, I don't know him. I've never met him, not even in a line somewhere. Hello, you know, how are you? Whatever. But Biden is emerging, apparently. He's going to apparently win the nomination officially and the Democrat Party, the progressives feel that this 79-year-old man and the woman that he will choose to be his vice president, he said he will choose a woman, are the best shot that the left, the Marxist left in America has to beat Trump. Now, Trump is not a perfect candidate, nor a perfect president, for sure. But just let that soak in over the next few months. It's going to be very interesting. But following the last viral town hall meeting, they didn't allow people in because of the virus, the coronavirus. Biden and Bernie had a debate. It was uncomfortable. It felt kind of, felt kind of hollow. I, I watched some of them. And that wasn't their fault. Part of it was. But Joe disappeared after that. Nobody saw him. And I didn't really notice it because I don't follow him that close. I mean, I follow what he says. But if he's not talking, I don't really look for him in the news. But some did. Posters, as a joke, but posters started appearing with Joe's picture under under large print that said, Lost, <laughs> Seeking Joe, Finding Joe. They began to appear in a number of cities around the country. 
It was a play on words, of course, but nobody had seen him. Even CBS News, one of the guys there at CBS News, he 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 tweeted and then mentioned on a newscast. He says, "Where is Joe Biden? Nobody has seen him." Well, he's reemerged now, and they have transformed their recreation room, their rec room, and their home into a TV studio, kind of. And he's going to be giving these home um, shadow briefings in which he will expose, these are his words, I will expose the lies that President Trump is telling the public. So the era of shadow briefings has begun, the natural extension of a deep state or a shadow government, really. Barack Obama is out now in full force on social media, and he is determining, he's he's sort of telling us people that aren't smart enough to figure out what the president is saying, what he is saying, and what that really means, and what he should. In fairness, I, I haven't seen Obama be terribly, uh, I mean, really kind of ranked toward the president. He hasn't really taken him on yet, but he will. He's moving in that direction. But he is disagreeing with him publicly on things having to do with the virus, and that's what happens in a democracy. Freedom brings that. That's part of it. But I can see things beginning to coalesce around the candidate who really can't carry a strong and heavy message. He just isn't isn't able to do so. I don't know if it's a matter of his age or maybe a, a, a physical condition, and I say this very humbly, and I say it honestly, because we all get there or we die young. But I don't know exactly what it is, but Joe struggles. And the less he's in the public, the more impact he can have if other people are sort of surrogate or representing him. So that's what's shifting today politically while the world is focused on this coronavirus issue, and it is a big deal. But while everybody's focused on that, the Democrats, the far left, are coalescing around Probably Joe, unless they decide to remove him, and I mean they can do that in the in the Democratic Party if they decide to. I have no knowledge of what they're doing in that regard, but I know what they're doing as far as what we can see and and the various things. And they're all there's kind of an alignment, uh, kind of coalescing as they said around Joe Biden or whomever they would choose if they decide he isn't up to the job. Or they may put in someone as, I mean, they'll tell him who he's going to choose. He, he won't make that choice on his own, of course. But if he picks a woman, I mean, he could pick I don't know, Michelle Obama. I mean, he could pick whomever they say that is the person. And they could do that with the thought that she would actually become the surrogate president and run the country through Joe Biden because he is the candidate. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can happen, but trust me. I can see enough now. I, I don't have to have an IQ of 300. I can see enough now to see where this is all heading. So we're looking at all of this kind of thing. So with that in mind, this past week, Bo Erickson at CBS, he said Joe Biden, he, said, he did the research. He said Joe Biden has only been seen six minutes on the air in eight days. And that's unheard of for a man or a person who's running for the presidency of the United States. Very interesting. So anyway, he's been setting up this studio in his home. His last appearance had been with Bernie on that town hall. It didn't end well. It was very awkward, to say the least. So anyway, he started 
he started this uh, this show. It started Monday of this week, yesterday. Shadow briefing. He was on the phone on Sunday of this past week with 72 donors in this tele-fundraiser. And in that, he said, and the press picked it up, he didn't have a news conference, but he told them and someone in the group told the press, he said, it's time for America to come together in the face of a crisis. And then he spent the whole time in the fundraising slamming Trump and the Republicans for botching the economic rescue legislation. That's going to be a reoccurring theme that you're going to hear. And what they mean by that, and I got to tell you, I'm not really a, a, I mean, I'm not a big fan of government stimulus and government bailout. Because every time the government starts giving money away, they take a larger bite of our freedom, in my mind. So I'm not a big fan of that. I understand these are perilous times. I get that. And I don't have the answers as far as should we give somebody a dime or a dollar or whatever. But I know principally I get nervous when I see the government starting to fund everything because whatever it is, and as well-intentioned as it is, it is to some degree a transfer of wealth, a redistribution of wealth. And I know that that's what the left is about. Saul Alinsky taught that. Barack Obama taught the principles of Saul Alinsky at Harvard and elsewhere, and in his community organizing. I mean, that's a well-known fact. Hillary almost went to work for him when she was young. And that's all about spreading socialism and setting up a socialistic culture. So every time I see the government say, well, I'm going to do all this stuff for you, whether it's a Republican or Democrat, it makes me nervous. I mean, that's where I'm coming from. And I always, it gives me pause. However, there is a role for government to play in our lives and in our our nation, in our culture. There is. And one of those is to defend. And is this an act of defense? It probably is. Is it being administered properly? I don't know. I mean, there's a, I don't know how much $2 trillion is. I mean, I have never had that budget. So I don't know what it is, but it's a lot. I actually kind of do know what it is in relation to our GDP and so on, but it's a lot of money. I think we all know that. So when we see this massive shift that's taking place, we shouldn't feel like super comfortable with it because the more a government gives people generally, historically, the more bondage those people suffer from eventually and in the not too distant future. So those things give me pause, but Having said that, the, the government, I think in good faith, this government, this administration, is moving forward to try to help people and to salvage our our economy. We're shut down. When Boeing stops building airplanes, that's a pretty big deal worldwide. I mean, that's where we are. And there are other reasons. There's extenuating circumstances there as well, not just the coronavirus, the the problems they had with the 737 and all that. But we live in a time that's taxing our, our emotions as well as our economy and our culture and so on. So as we look at what's happening, we've got to look at it in that context. 
The Hill reports that one of the reasons the legislation is not proceeded through the House is because Nancy Pelosi took a week off and flew back to Washington, D.C. Sunday and blew up everything when the guys were trying to get together and put forward a package that's going to bail out people, give them some money. All the jobs are shut down pretty much now, except for Walmart and Amazon and the people that are supplying you know, paper products and other things. We, we hear about that endlessly, and it's true. I mean, they're thriving right now. I mean, they're just busting their seams with business. But generally, everything is shut down. So Nancy flies back into Washington, D.C. I don't know if it's an ego trip that she's on. She certainly appears to be on one. But she blows up everything that everybody was doing because she, at the moment, has the power because the Republicans didn't elect enough people to get control of the House of Representatives. So she blows that up. And then she comes back with her, what she calls, my own bill. That's what she called it. And in that bill to move forward to pump money into the culture, the people, they have this whole list of stuff that includes publication of corporate pay statistics by race and race uh, statistics for all corporate boards, a diversity element in her her bill. And it says you have to have so many blacks, so many minority uh, Hispanics, so many gays, so many transsexuals. So, I mean, it goes on. It's bizarre. But that's part of it. The bailout would include paying all of the debt of the Postal Service. Her bailout would require early voting. It would require same-day voter registration. It would include corporate diversity on boards and among the just the employment group there, whoever works for these large corporations, and some of them have, you know, thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of employees. Provisions of on official time for union collective bargaining, publication and reporting of greenhouse gas statistics for individual airplane flights. Every flight that goes in the air, an airliner, has to then file a report on how much greenhouse gas they created on that flight. Retirement plans for community newspaper employees, federal minimum wage of 15 bucks, permanent paid leave, study on climate change mitigation, money for solar panels and windmill or mills, yeah, windmills for power. It goes on and on and on, which has nothing to do with the horrible crisis that we're in here in America. So those are the kinds of things that we see with Joe Biden out there interpreting truth now on the Internet. And he'll they'll pay attention to him. They'll report him. And with Nancy Pelosi trying to blow up and it is blowing up what Congress is trying to do, we live in perilous times. I'm always reminded of Pilate when he looked at Jesus and he said, what is truth? Jesus is the truth. And the closer we get to the word of God, the closer we get to God's principles as they apply in our culture, in our life, in the universe, the more peace and the more serenity we're going to find. And that is the only answer 
in the days in which we live that are changing by the minute. Thank you for being with me today. It's always an honor. And thank you for your support. We need it. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. I'll see you right here tomorrow.